Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about GoldenEye 007 for the Nintendo 64 and going back to the year 1997. At the time of recording, it is January the 13th, 2022. I am Ash the Newton and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> I feel like I've got a lot of stuff going on right now. Life is just kind of throwing one of those curveballs where it's just kind of like you're just going to be busy all the time now. Yeah. Yeah, you've been sounding busy. Yeah. Part of the thing is I started a new job, which uh, we'll talk about the kind of exciting parts about that later. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of one thing. And it seems like there's limited daylight and... I don't know. There's a <laughs> there. There's only so much. Uh, speaking of daylight, might as well talk a little bit about the weather. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. At least one inquiring mind would like to know. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And that well, actually, that one inquiring mind, uh, friend of the show, Gerald RX Forty, um, it was on stream, and we talked about it. I think earlier yeah. today, yesterday. I don't know. Their days are all blending together. I know they are blending together. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. I think it's surprising how warm it has been we've gotten a nearly 60 almost 70 degrees fahrenheit here but it's like 37 at night it's super cold (laughs) yeah so so it just seems like a weird thing to be back and forth like that so um so that's that no rain in the forecast which is a nice kind of change of pace from like the last time we recorded we probably talked about how much had been raining lately so yeah and then you know it 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 continued to rain a bit after that, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't really have to go anywhere right now. So <laughs> I was like, all right, let, bring, bring on the rain. That's bring, good with me. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, watching, walking, uh, walking dogs is not fun in the rain. So I try to avoid that. That's yeah. the, the one obligation that I have, but how are you doing? Enough about me. Doing well. I've uh, been, been keeping myself busy. Um, we're, we're actually testing out this new, podcast recording stuff it's all cloud-based hopefully the audio quality is better than what we were doing before not that it was necessarily bad but you know hopefully it's better i guess we'll see when i go to edit this (laughs) we're gonna find out (laughs) yeah and uh you know folks at home if if it is better or worse in your opinion uh, let us know Mm, i Um, love that uh, new podcast sound yeah (laughs) it's got that new podcast sound um (laughs) But yeah, and then I don't know. Been been streaming quite a bit lately, and that's been a lot of fun. Was playing a little bit of Max Payne too uh, this morning, which I realized I don't think I put in my list for later. So mm. spoilers and also reminder to myself. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, not not doing too bad. I'm trying to think if anything else has been going on, but I'm I'm coming up coming up uh, blank. So uh, you got anything else before we jump into news? Maybe. Um, no, let's talk about the news. All right. Well, first thing here, um, that I'm excited about, but also not surprised about is Mario Kart nine reportedly on the way this time with a new twist. They do that with every Mario Kart with the exception of eight deluxe, Mm. you know, the new twist of eight was just, Hey, we they they stick to the road and you can drive up walls and upside down and all that. You know, the the hover wheels, basically. Um, so I wonder what they're gonna be wonder what bleh, 
excuse me, I wonder what they're going to be doing with the uh, the new Mario Kart and if it'll actually even come out on the Switch because I don't think Nintendo has ever had, and I could be wrong, but I don't think I am, two Mario Karts on the same platform. Yeah, that's that's pretty much right. I, I, I didn't, it didn't take long to consider that. It's kind of like, because there's only, you know, eight and nine Mario Kart games, I guess, technically. Yeah. Um, I bet uh, Mario Kart 9... Nine's like bad luck or something. They won't call it Mario Kart Nine. That's my <laughs> prediction, because no one ever does that. You know, they go Windows Eight to Windows Ten. Yeah, they wait. Go iPhone Eight to iPhone. Yeah, I was 10. gonna say there was no iPhone Nine. No, iPhone, no, 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 oh, excuse me, iPhone Nine. Yeah, they just don't. Huh. Nine is bad luck. You can't name really a major product. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so. I'm thinking my prediction, and I haven't read this article at all. Mario Kart Ultimate, <laughs> like uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and everybody's here. And Nintendo Kart, man, yeah, or Smash Kart, essentially. The new twist is every Nintendo character ever is in the roster. It would be kind of cool if they had other racers that aren't. You know, in Nintendo properties, just similar to uh, Super Smash Brothers, right? Because we've only gotten like Link and the Inklings, you know, all Nintendo properties. So, what if yeah. what if Sonic? What if Sonic was racing? What about that? What if what if Cloud? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What if Cloud decided to go kart yeah. racing? Yeah. It's always Cloud. <laughs> yeah. What if what if Bayonetta? Drove a go a go kart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be. I could see her doing tricks and like spinning. You know, doing. I don't know. Cartwheels. Maybe and, maybe her vehicle would just be made out of her hair. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> that'd be that'd be wild. It'd be terrible to clean, but. <laughs> yeah. So really, all this all this is saying is that the game's in active development. Surprise, surprise! Nintendo was working on a new Mario Kart when one has been out for multiple years. Mm. Um, but still it's, it's exciting because Mario Kart 8, uh, first released on the Wii U in 2014 and then Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch in 2019, which was the same as what was released on the Wii U, but it also had the, um, all the DLC content that was released for the Wii U and, and then Inklings. I think that was, were they the new racers? Maybe, maybe they were also in, uh, the Wii U version. I can't remember. It's been a while. Yeah. I, um, can't remember. Oh, I wonder if they could technically call Mario Kart Tour Mario Kart 9. Mm, that way they can just call the next one Mario Kart 10. Yeah. Yep, or Mario Kart X. Definitely. Like, you know, like Apple did. And then I'm trying to remember if Isabel um, came in before or after the Wii U. I'm guessing after the Wii U release. And then. Yeah, I think Isabel was part of the DLC. And I think there are. Um, uh, Link has a motorcycle, I think, that was added only in the Switch version. But oh, there's yeah, two, two different uh, motorcycles, the, I guess. Yeah, there's there's the there's the newer one that was released that matches the Breath of the Wild DLC. Yeah, and that would 100 that that's almost confirmed basically because that <laughs> the Switch had been released when Breath of the Wild came out. So oh man, Take I also forgot the there was there was Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. 
So we could we could theoretically be looking at a Mario Kart 11. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's how they get past nine. You're just like, you know what? We did tour. We did home circuit. Now here's Mario Kart 11. Yep. Anyway, exciting stuff. New Mario Kart. Uh, no idea when, but glad to n- actually know for certain that something is in development. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what do we got next? Uh, so Sony says it's still making new PS4s, but most stores aren't selling them. So uh, tracking down a brand new PS4 right now is sort of like trying to buy a PS5. What? I mean, I, I think I think I've noticed that. I haven't really seen like PS4s or anything up for sale that are brand new, mm-hmm. you know, on like Best Buy or GameStop or anything like that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe those maybe those uh, big box stores are like, no, I don't think those will sell well enough. Sony does not like quitting, you know, its consoles. Right? It likes to sell them to death, like as much as they can. Just I, I don't know if it's like uh, inflating numbers or just making a product more profitable over its lifetime. Though I imagine at some point it becomes less profitable to sell the old hardware, right? Like to keep those yeah. things coming out. Like remember the PS one, I feel like was still being sold like bef- shortly until like the PS three came out, <laughs> like it was still being put out there. And then the PS two also same thing with the, through the PlayStation three's lifetime, uh, pretty much being sold still. Yeah. Well, and it, it looks like, Looks like you can get the PS4 Slim direct through Sony, but a lot of a lot of the yeah, like a lot of these other folks are not selling them still. Well, I think also part of the reason they're wanting to do this is just because it's so hard to keep up with demand for the PS5. Yeah. That I mean, you know, for for folks that ha- are running their like launch version PS4, like I am, and then they play something and it dies they can't buy a ps5 now to replace it (laughs) that's a good point yeah and you know people are people have been marking up the cost of their used consoles so you know it's it's a way to i guess kind of help combat that so i don't know consoles are still being made so i guess that's a good thing because then people can still play video games and hey they, you can even play PS2 games, well, certain PS2 games on your PS4. <laughs> the digital ones. <laughs> um, but anyway, anything else uh, you got left to say on the PS4 still being available? I I don't know. It, it seems like a PlayStation 4 is the farthest thing from something that I would personally want to purchase right now. Sure. But I do like the console. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I have no reason to buy one. <laughs> yeah, no. I, well, I mean, it's. I think it's good that it's still out there for the folks that um, still want one. Yeah. Or guess, you know, can't get the PS5, and like I mentioned before, you know, if their if their system dies, they have a way to actually get a new one. And it does say here that Sony will sell you one directly, but it's the same two ninety nine. 99 yeah. price has charged since 2017. So that's a kind of a fair point. Like it hasn't seen a price drop. <laughs> like why? Yeah. Uh, most consoles would have, at least for end of life, should have seen a, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the MSRP is still cheaper than buying a, a PS5, but it would be silly if both were available and you yeah. opt for the four. So uh 
Meanwhile, at Microsoft... Yeah, so speaking of Sony continuing to manufacture and sell PS4 consoles, Microsoft has stopped making Xbox Ones. Uh, that you know that includes the Xbox One X and the just the Xbox One, what Slim? Those those are gone. They are mm-hmm. focusing fully on the production of the Series X and S. So they are doing the opposite thing of what Sony is doing. I don't think that either one of these decisions is a bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that it's interesting that there's stuff in the news about how they're doing opposite things from each other right now. So that's all. Yeah. I, I mean, you know what? It's probably also because the Series S is at the price point of $299, and those have been pretty readily available mm-hmm. lately. At least I've been seeing them like not from like, oh my God, this is on sale right now. Like do a click frenzy and go buy this. It's just been like available, like, oh, there's an Xbox One S over there. Like I saw one at Target the other day. Yeah. And I I think it makes sense uh, based on what the Xbox One S is. I guess the, um, I'm sorry, the Series S. Yeah. Did I say One S? Because I also Uh, meant Series S if I did say One S. Okay. Yeah. About seeing it in a store. (laughs) Yeah. It's tough to say. So anyway, we'll just say we're talking about the Series S here. Yes. The thing that bothers me is there is no disk drive. And that's the, that's the thing that kind of, I guess, gets me there because, well, for for the time being, you cannot buy (laughs) a One X, you know, easily. Yeah. And so if you have your, if you need to replace a disc based Xbox one, um, you know, there's not really a lot of options for you. So yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I kind of like, yeah, at least it, yeah. If you've got a, if you've got a very like physical media heavy library for an Xbox one, the, the series S is not necessarily the best idea. Um, but also, purchasing a One S at this point, I think, is a bad decision, in my yeah. opinion. So it's just just because of like how it's. I mean, it will be able to run games going forward. Is it going to be able to run them well? Like, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, they did a pretty good job with Infinite. I heard so that's that's good. Oh, cool! Like it scales well to uh, those consoles. Yeah, I've played it a little bit on my One uh, X and. It looks good. Yeah. I'd still rather play it on my PC, but it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where they uh, definitely managed to make it scale so that it holds frame rate. It just has, a, a, you know, it, different frame rate standards. Last generation, 30 frames per second across the board. This, you know, next generation is 60 frames pretty much across the board. Yeah. So... We got anything else news wise? I think I think that's all I have in the outline because I don't know. It's not that there isn't anything in the news. It's just there wasn't a whole lot that I wanted to talk about. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, anything else before we uh, hop in that time machine? I don't think so. All right. Well, let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived. It is August the 25th, 1997. And that uh, that little radio, because in this case it is a radio, uh, the number one song today in the U.S. is Mo Money Mo Problems by the Notorious B.I.G. featuring Puff Daddy and Mace. What a good song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that song. 
brings back so many memories. And uh, now that that's wrapping up, they're uh, they're playing the number one song in the UK, and the number one song in the UK today is "Men in Black" by Will Smith. What a time, man! What a yeah. month! What a time! <laughs> what a time to be alive! Yeah. Um, also, different things happening this month in August 1997. On the sixth, Microsoft announced that it's going to invest 150 million dollars in Apple Computer Incorporated. Uh, I wonder how that investment worked out for them. <laughs> uh, August 7th, Garth Brooks performs a free concert in New York City's Central Park for HBO, later releasing it as Garth, live from Central Park. August 13th, South Park's first episode is aired. I watched that. Oh. <laughs> I was there. Pilot, yeah. I was there for the first episode. Uh, and then all the foul-mouthed things that uh, me and my friends said at school following. Um, anyway, August 15th, the LA Dodgers retire Tommy Lasorda's number two. Uh, August 29th, Netflix is founded by Mark Randolph and Reed Hastings in Scotts Valley, California as an online DVD rental business. I wonder if that's going to succeed. Uh, August 31st, <laughs> Diana, Princess of Wales, dies in a car crash in a road tunnel in Paris. So many things happening this month. Yeah. Um, music albums released this month include Be Here Now from Oasis, Zenzut from Rammstein. Man, I love that album. I bought yeah, that I that did. month I, too. I remember that. We uh, that. Maladjusted <laughs> from Morrissey, My Own Prison from Creed, <laughs> Backstreet's Back from the Backstreet Boys, yeah. Transistor from 311, Head P.E. from Head P.E., and Midnight Lover from Shaggy. Movies and theaters this excuse me, movies and theaters this month include The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The New Generation, Excess Baggage, Money Talks, G.I. Jane, Event Horizon, The Full Monty, Free Willy 3, The Rescue, Conspiracy Theory, Copland, Tenchi the Movie 2, and last but not least, Airbud. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That might be my pick for the <laughs> the list. <laughs> oh man, I saw I saw a bunch of these. Um, yeah. The most popular video game rentals this month from Blockbuster in the United States are BMX Racing on the Sony PlayStation, Fighters Mega Mix on the Sega Saturn, Star Fox sixty four on the Nintendo sixty four, uh, World Series Baseball ninety eight on the Sega Genesis, and Brunswick World on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, Star Fox man, <laughs> still going strong. I think yeah. I think it only been out for like a month or two. We can go ahead and talk about uh, the history of GoldenEye 007. But first, as we uh, mentioned before, released August 25th, 1997. Today is playable on Nintendo 64 and uh, in, in parentheses dot dot uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, via the leaked XBLA release on the hacked uh, Xbox 360 or emulator. So... That's the version I played (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, using the ladder, the emulator, but we can talk a little bit about the differences and sort of stuff there, but that's actually a really good version of the game. It's a fantastic version of the game. I just want them to release it. Oh, wait, there, there was a news story that I didn't put in the fact that the, the, Oh, how could I not put in this news story? The achievements for GoldenEye 007 on the Xbox have been leaked and there's still no game that's been announced. I was really crossing my fingers that they were like that we had timed this episode so perfectly, (laughs) but it didn't quite work out that way. 
Yeah. And, you know, the question is like, oh, that's got to be the Xbox 360 version. The achievements are different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they are different. They are uh, decidedly different. So it seems like it's a different game. So anyway, starting with the history, GoldenEye 007 was developed by the British studio Rare, a little studio there. A little yeah, a little, little uh, indie studio <laughs> directed by Martin Hollis, who had previously worked as a s- second programmer on the coin op version of killer instinct in 1990, November of 1994 after Nintendo and rare discussed the possibility of developing a game based on the upcoming James Bond film, GoldenEye Hollis told Tim Stamper rares managing director that he was interested in the project. Due to the success of Rare's 1994 game Donkey Kong Country, GoldenEye 007 was originally suggested as a 2D platformer for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. However, Hollis proposed a 3D shooting game for the upcoming Nintendo 64 hardware. He created a document with with design ideas, including gadgets, weapons, characters, story, digression from the film, and artificial intelligence that would react to the player. Although Sega's 1994 light gun shooter Virtua Cop was cited as the game's primary influence, id Software's seminal 1993 first-person shooter Doom and the Nintendo 64 launch game Super Mario 64 were also credited. Features such as gun reloading, position-dependent hit-reaction animations, penalties for killing innocent characters, and the aiming system that is activated with the R button on the Nintendo 64 controller were adopted from Virtua Cop. The developers considered having players reload weapons by unplugging and reinserting the rumble pack on the controller, but but Nintendo opposed the idea. The concept of several varied objectives within each mission was inspired by the multiple tasks in each stage of Super Mario 64. The team visited the studios of the GoldenEye film several times to collect photographs and blueprints of the sets. Eon Productions and MGM, the companies that control James Bond films, uh, granted the team a broad license, and many levels were extended or modified to allow the player to participate in sequences not seen in the film. Although the reference material was used for authenticity, uh, the team was not afraid to add to it uh, to help the game design. Uh, John Woo films such as Hard Boiled influenced the visual effects and kinetic movements. Details such as bullet marks on walls, cartridge casings being ejected from guns, and objects exploding were part of the design. Hollis wanted players to receive a lot of feedback from the environment when they shot. After the first year of development, Rare added more staff for the project. The first edition was designer David Doak, who helped with the level designs and worked on the game's AI scripting. He explained how the game's stealth elements were implemented. Whenever you fired a gun, it has a radius test and alerted the non-player characters within that radius. If you fired the same gun again within a certain amount of time, it did a larger radius test, and I think there was a third, even larger radius test after that. It meant if you found one guy and shot him in the head and then didn't fire again, the timer would reset. Windows throughout the game were programmed so that enemies cannot see through them while the player can. Though unrealistic, this was an intentional feature made to encourage the player to use Windows to spy on enemies. A second programmer, Steve Ellis, um, 
Ellis? Ellie's. I'd say Ellie's. Ellie's. We'll say with that. So a second programmer, Steve Ellie's, was hired by Hollis six months later. Although Ellie's assisted the development team in many areas and programmed the cheat options, he was mostly responsible for implementing the game's multiplayer mode, which was added to the game roughly six months before it released. According to Doak, Ellis sat in a room uh, with all the code written for single player for a single player game and turned GoldenEye into a multiplayer game. The team spent numerous late evenings playtesting it. The multiplayer levels are based on single player missions, and some of them do not support four players because they were initially not designed to handle multiplayer action. A firing, ra- a firing range was modeled as an environment, but was not added to the game. Because the team assumed they could use anything from the James Bond universe, the multiplayer mode features characters that appeared in previous Bond films. Actors who portrayed Bond in previous films were playable during development, but were ultimately removed because Rare was unable to get Sean Connery's permission to use his likeness. But they are still in the game. They're, <laughs> they're still, still there. They're just not available. Yeah, they're just, they're, they're, the um, oh, did they comment the code out or something? Y- me, exactly. me not knowing anything about programming. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. But you can't access it. But um, s- somewhere in there, I, I I I didn't hack that hard. I wish I. <laughs> um, as far as the uh, reception, uh, despite low expectations among the gaming media and an unsuccessful showing at the. Electronic Entertainment Expo in Atlanta in 1997, GoldenEye 007 turned out to be both a critical and commercial success. In 1998, it sold approximately 2.1 million copies. By 2001, it had sold over 7 million copies worldwide. Overall, GoldenEye 007 sold more than 8 million units worldwide, making it the third best-selling Nintendo 64 game behind Super Mario 64 and Mario Kart 64. According to a paper published on the website from the Entertainment Software Association, or ESA, the game grossed $250 million worldwide. Graphically, GoldenEye 007 was praised for its varied and detailed environments, realistic animations, and special effects such as glass transparencies and lingering smoke. Nintendo Power said that the frame rate in multiplayer games was high, while Electronic Gaming Monthly described it as somewhat choppy and sluggish. The zoomable sniper rifle was praised as one of the game's most impressive and entertaining features, with Edge describing it as a novel twist, and Jeff Gersman of GameSpot noting its ability to alleviate the game's distance fog. The, uh, the game's music was praised for its inclusion of the James Bond theme and for adding ambience to the game. Some levels begin in lifts and feature transitions from elevator music to full soundtracks, which Gersman cited as an illustration of the game's attention to detail. The gameplay was highlighted for its depth and requiring more stealth and intelligence than earlier first-person shooters. IGN's Doug Perry called... GoldenEye 007, an immersive game which blends smart strategy gameplay with fast action gunmanship. Similarly, Greg uh, Seward of Game the Gaming Age. Greg remarked, Seward? I didn't Greg catch that part. <laughs> so I, I, I love him. He's on the Player One podcast and he does okay. uh, Generation 16. I was going to say something about uh, Jeff Gersman because he's host Giant Bomb. No, yeah, I was so. going to say, wait, I know that name. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 
So uh, Greg Seward of uh, Gaming Age remarked that players have a, a bit of freedom as to what they want to do in any given situation and what order the dire- um, directives are completed in. Reviewers also enjoyed the wide variety of weapons and the multi-objective-based missions, Excuse me, stating that they make the game stay fresh. The controls were praised for being one of the more intuitive than or being more intuitive than in claims uh, earlier well-received N64 first-person shooter Turok Dinosaur Hunter, though some found the cursor targeting difficult to master. Game Revolution credited the game for being realistic and different from other shooters, but also criticized the campaign for being badly paced. The publication noted that GoldenEye 007 takes it for takes it for granted that you have actually seen the movie and that the players may get stuck due to the game's lack of orientation. At the time, GoldenEye 007 was considered the best multiplayer game on the system, edging out Mario, 60, Mario Kart 64 by a hair, according to IGN. Edge was sorry. Edge called it addictive and praised the originality of some of the scenarios, such as you only live twice. GamePro said that the multiplayer modes will have you shooting your friends for the rest of the year, while Next Generation highlighted the number of multiplayer options, calling GoldenEye 007 a surprising killer app, if uh, if only for the smashing multiplayer options. The excellent single player game backing it up makes it feel makes it well worth buying indeed. The game was also hailed for its accurate and detailed adaptation of the film, with GamePro going so far as to call it one of the best movie-to-game translations ever. The ability to use numerous signature Bond gadgets and, and weapons was considered a particularly strong element in this regard. Crispin Boyer of the Electronic Gaming Monthly stated that Rare has packed everything that's cool about 007 into this game. As for the overview of GoldenEye 007... Uh, it is a first-person shooter where the player takes control of a secret intelligence service agent, James Bond, through a series of levels. In each level, the player must complete a set of objectives while computer-controlled opponents try to hinder the player's progress. Objectives range from recovering items to destroy op- to destroying objects, defeating enemies, or rescuing hostages. Some objectives may also require the player to use high-tech gadgets. For example, in one level, the player must use Bond's electromagnetic watch to acquire a jail cell key. Although the player begins each level with a limited amount of supplies, additional weapons and ammunition can be acquired from different enemies. There are no health recovery items, but body armor can be acquired to provide a secondary health bar. So yeah, that's Goldeneye. At least, well, the history and stuff. What? Uh, so, what was your your take and your history on this game? Yeah. So, I remember the first time that I saw Goldeneye. I saw the cover sitting on the shelf of a local video game and movie rental. So, like a place, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, um, and I remember seeing the title, and I remember uh, my stepbrother actually pointing out and says that's an awesome game. I heard that that is a really, really awesome game. And this is sometime around probably November of 96 or, or maybe sometime in, in, in early oh, spring, in, 97, in 97, 90, it was in 97. 
Yeah, because this this came yeah. out in August of ninety seven. Okay, well there we go. So it was probably November of of ninety seven, I think. <laughs> so that sounds about. That actually makes a lot more sense as far as the time goes. Um, so I don't even actually. I don't think we uh, actually rented it at that time, maybe, but I remember very quickly we purchased it. It was like the next purchase that we decided because uh, it was actually my stepbrother's N64 at the time. I wouldn't get one till of my own till like 2000 or something like that. Oh, wow. But, yeah, so we were sharing an N64 uh, until we kind of like would both rent games and then it was kind of a bummer that we had to wait our turn to play the yeah. game that we rented. So um, that... That's kind of my history with it, but I remember playing this game a lot. Like some, we definitely played some multiplayer over the years, but I just, the single player is what I remember the most about this game. Um, and I probably, I, I don't know. I do remember playing multiplayer, but it, it's, it still felt like a 70, 30 to single player to multiplayer for me. So really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well then let's see my, my, my experience is I, I did get it when it was fairly new. I think maybe within the first like two months or so that the game was out was when I got it. And I got it at Target. I didn't have super high expectations for the game since like I, I remember seeing like a short blurb about it in a magazine and you know, probably EGM. And but I don't think I I don't think I'd seen the review for the game yet. And I don't know, the box art looked cool. <laughs> I had some money to burn, so uh picked this game up. And holy crap, did it blow me away. Like, I still actually remember the very first time that I played the game. And like, just, just like, not even completing the damn level yet. And just being in awe. Like, I could not believe what I was seeing, what I was able to get to experience. It was so real, which is so funny to say now, but oh my God, it, it felt like one of the most perfect games that could, that could ever be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you, so early on with the motion cap that was like done for this game, like it, the animations really are striking even to like, yeah, even today, just to look at like, wow, like they really did a good job back then. Oh Yeah. Like, especially, especially some of the enemies that like end up writhing around on the ground for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I also agree with what some of the, uh, the reviewers were saying regarding it, it being like the best video game adaptation of a movie potentially ever. Mm -hmm. I think I still might agree with that, but I also don't remember the last time there was a movie video game that came out. Like, I think it kind of stopped in the nineties and early two thousands. I, so I did, I did play the single player quite a bit, but I also played the crap out of multiplayer with my friends. Like anyone that I could, that I could shove a controller in their hand. Like I played like deathmatch multiplayer golden eye with and I also would just have two controllers plugged in, start up a multiplayer game where it was just me, and learn the maps. Mm -hmm. Like, I spent so much time memorizing all of the multiplayer maps so that, and now, and this might be a divisive topic, but 
Are you, I can't remember if we ever talked about this. Are you pro or anti quote unquote screen cheating? Okay. So I, I, I've always grown up being, um, you know, that, that was considered cheating, like to, to, to look at the screen. Now, all I got to say is how is it cheating when it's the same damn screen? All of us can see. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's no way to enforce it. It was an honor system, right? So he didn't look at each other's screens. However, now, you know, honestly, it's not easy to do (laughs) like to keep track of other people's movements. So it's like, really you might as well like, and, and you deserve the win if you can keep track of other people's movements, but also successfully pulling off your own. I mean, it was way, it was way easier doing it on like a 19 inch TV split four ways. Yeah. But still like, yeah. So I, I was incredibly good at screen cheating. We'll say (laughs) Mm -hmm. where, I mean, I think a lot of it came from just the fact that I was, I memorized the maps. Like, you could point yourself against a wall and I could figure out where you were. (laughs) Like that was the thing that people would do sometimes. They're like, stop looking at my screen. I'm like, like you could look at mine. (laughs) You can see mine. I can see yours. You can see mine. Like who cares, man? We can see each other's screens. And like at this point I can't help but look because it's just there. So anyway, um, yeah, so I loved when people would just try to hide in a corner and I just go slap them. Slappers only. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, I guess last thing before we start, you know, dissecting the different parts of the games. So I got to participate in a GoldenEye tournament at my high school. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah. So it was it was held in our gymnasium and I got second in our, our GoldenEye tournament. Uh, tournament and I won 50 bucks. Wow. It was like, it was like a $5 buy-in for the tournament, but yeah, I got second. I was real bummed that I didn't get first, but the person who did get first, I was the only person that killed them at all. Like in, in every single one of the, the, the brackets that they went through, they didn't die once in any of the four player death match. So I'll at least take that as my <laughs> as my badge of honor that like 14-year-old me, I think, uh got second place in a Goldeneye tournament. You know, with yeah, kids from I mean, my it high seems- school. It's not like it was like anything uh it wasn't like citywide or statewide or national or anything. It's just my just my damn high school, but it yeah, was fun. I mean, it's still a, a pretty, you know, it was a popular time. So you like see like I was a little younger, so I didn't play with I was you know like eight or nine years old yeah at the time. so like I didn't I wasn't hanging out with my friends as much but I would go over to like my cousin's house and someone would fire it up and I think I remember playing a little bit as I got into middle school and stuff but we kind of largely moved on to other things yeah that's not surprising yeah but yeah this this game in its heyday oh boy <laughs> god <laughs> I had such a good time with this game yeah. Um I'm sure I'm sure other little things will come up, but um why don't we jump into our dissecting the game a bit and why don't we talk about the music? Oh you hated the soundtrack, right? right? No, 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 no. It was so good. I mean, I, I said last episode that, you know, spoiler, I'm gonna say it's the best um, 
you know, video game soundtrack of all time. And I think that still stands. Um, each one of the tracks is actually so good. Like any one of these tracks, you like, I didn't like statue very much as a kid because I didn't like that level because it's so yeah. dark and walking around. We're going to talk about levels, yeah, but that level, man. Anyway, I just didn't, I didn't like the music either. I didn't like anything about it. The music is kind of somber and boring, but actually listening to it now, I'm like, it's one of the better tracks. Like it's actually a really good track. It stands, it stands with all the others. So it seems like all are kind of somehow equal and I don't know, quality or something like that. I, I, I don't know. I do have my favorites, but man, it's just, there's something about it that it's like, I saw an article that's saying that like um, GoldenEye is like some sort of like trap music, like early pioneer, but there's so many instruments. There's like, it's, it's beautiful because it blends so many like different genres because the, the composer was a, was formerly in a heavy metal band and it definitely shows like some of the drum rolls and double bass and thing or not, maybe not double bass, but the bass drum kicks that you hear, uh, are so good. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite parts. Um, it's why, uh, like there's a couple songs like damn is one of my favorite ones. The first song because oh, of some of the song. drum rolls and Oh my God. <laughs> but it also is kind of like an electronic music. So I'm taking the floor here, but go ahead. Do you <laughs> tell me a little bit about the music? Yeah. I mean, well, it's funny when when you said it's potentially the best video game soundtrack of all time last episode. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know, man. But it had been so wild, like s- such a long time, really, that I truly listened to it. And as I was playing playing this game, because I played through the entire thing on stream, damn, that is good music. Like, yes. holy crap! Yeah, they started it off really well with damn and facility. And I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that I love so much. I mean, really, like, I don't think there's a bad song in the soundtrack. Now, I just clicked on Basement here. I'm really digging the way that's starting. Oh, um, Cradle. That's right. Yeah, Cradle. Uh, Cradle's, yeah, it's got to be one of the top fives. You oh, can't do a top five list without talking that about Cradle. Good. Um, I I personally don't appreciate Train that much. Train. Um but that level also kind of irritates me. Yeah, I like it. It's it's not one of the strongest songs. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, but everything else is. It seems like it's it's really good. Ooh, control. Yeah, I just I just played that one as well. That's it's very uh, muted tones, and I'm, so just do yourself a favor and just like go look this stuff up because like this this if you don't listen to any other video game soundtrack, you just like have to listen to this one. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm gonna link this article. Um, yes, that I have pulled up here where somebody ha- ha- is writing about the soundtrack, and then at the bottom. Um, the soundtrack is linked. So yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put that, I'll put that as a, as one of the links on the show, but yeah, that is, that is so good. Okay. I got to turn it off. Otherwise I'm just going to keep paying yeah, attention to that. I know. I'm just going to listen to like, it. I'm just, just going to like, oh, or I can just keep having the soundtrack play in the background while we, while we chat. <laughs> so, um, give me your top three, my top three songs. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, crap. Since I don't remember all of them by name, I'm just going to say damn facility and control. Those are the ones that I know <laughs> by name that are freaking good. What so, about you? Um, so yeah, so I'm going to give cradle to number three, damn to number two. And actually what during this playthrough, my favorite became silo silo is my favorite. Let's see. And just go ahead, give it a play. Oh, that's right. Silo is yeah. so good. Yeah. Crap. It, oh, this is a really good one. Yeah. I just love how how it breaks apart that theme into like a really electric electronic. Yeah. Like it's so that's my favorite. That is good. Yeah. Really, I I don't think that you could yeah, I don't think you can find a bad song in the soundtrack. It's it's so good. Yeah. All right. Well, any anything else you want to say about the music? Oh, I, I, I could just gush, you know, and talk about why I like it. But man, those drum rolls. So good. That's okay. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, all right. Then I guess let's let's talk about some of the characters. Well, I guess I guess all I really would have to say about the characters, other than, you know, they 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 do their role from the movie and they, you know, there's Yeah, and you watched the movie. I did. Yeah. Um, but okay. Did you have a go-to character when you played multiplayer? Um, not particularly. I mean, I liked, I liked being Jaws cause he was the tallest one, uh, of course, but he's like, you know, in a way the easiest target, maybe, maybe the, a little harder to get a headshot on. Um, that's fair, but, uh, <laughs> I, I'm kind of afraid of what you're going to say. Why? <laughs> You don't, uh, you don't think that I'm an odd job guy, do you? Uh, I I was well. You you told me you look at screens, oh, and man. I was <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just okay. To... <laughs> All right then, I'll remember that. Mash will remember to... that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I I always I always went for the Siberian Special Forces for some reason. Oh okay. Like even when it didn't make sense, I was still Siberian Special Forces. <laughs> it's just like you know, you're in the full white white suit, white hood with the 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 frilly yeah. fur stuff around it, and it's also like a white face covering and goggles yeah. on. So anyway, I I feel like I did like playing as Natalia. I thought it was just funny playing a multiplayer because I would I was usually get killed like kind of the most, and it's just kind of <laughs> yeah, Natalia Simonova. Uh, and and there's nothing, you know, uh, I guess about particularly Natalia's character, but it's everyone's like favorite character to hate just because of how many escort yeah, missions. Yeah, I mean, you have to escort missions in games and, suck. Yeah, and when they're AI, <laughs> it's a little bit funny. Likes to just like stand in the middle of doorways. I almost shot her on accident so many times because she just like come around a corner just oh, like yeah. the enemies do. No, I like no. <laughs> yeah, I, I killed Natalia a few times in my playthrough because like I was firing at enemies, and then all of a sudden yeah. she's running around a corner and catches <laughs> a few of those bullets that I'm firing at the enemies, and I'm like, well, great, thanks, thanks for. Thanks for getting in front of my gunfire. Now I've failed yeah. the mission. I'm going to, well, let's see. I, I was going to hold a little bit of talk on enemies, but do you have anything else to say about the, the characters? Um, 
Actually, I'm I'm looking through, and then I also just realized I think my my second go to after Siberian Special Forces was helicopter pilot. Oh, okay. I also liked that character <laughs> in <Yeah>. in multiplayer. <laughs> yes, that one was quite a bit different in the newer graphics too. Also oh, yeah. Was, <laughs> Yeah. If if you don't know kind of what I'm talking about there is that the Xbox 360 version actually has a new set of textures. Oh that yeah, that's right. In the game. So and by pressing the uh right button, yeah. you can toggle between those just similar to like Halo uh anniversary. Uh, yeah, so, and Master Chief and, collection. Yeah. And they uh it looks really good. I it, it doesn't seem very polished. Like some of the characters are kind of uh, strange to me. Like uh, poor Natalia, she, she does not look good, <laughs> but, um, but for the most part, I mean, it, it, it's a pretty faithful like retexturing and, uh, sort of changes the style a lot. I still just overall just preferred the N64 graphics, but it was kind of nice to see it, a, a reimagining. Yeah. And I mean, some of, some of the environments weren't quite as dark. Yeah. But there, there were times that, like, if I felt lost, I'd flip to the N sixty four graphics sometimes and be like, "Oh, I remember this now." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. I can find my way around now. I know where I'm at. Like, it was kind of interesting on a surface, for example, where there would be a tree line which would act as a wall, and the Xbox graphics, it's a chain link fence with a tree background. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was kind of just like okay. It's like this area is a little too claustrophobic. We need to add some background. So, so the enemies thing is also linked to the same thing because it's all pretty much the same character models. Oh yes, okay. <laughs> um, but did yeah, you have anything in particular, like any anything about the enemies that uh, you want to discuss? I thought that the AI is pretty impressive in an era where the AI can be pretty dumb. <laughs> you know, uh, in this game it really can become like a chain reaction of like you shoot one uh, character and then, you know, even if they're around the corner, if someone saw that guy get shot, they're going to run in your direction. Yeah. Basically at the same time, like I noticed some instances where characters, yes, they had line of sight, but they were on different like levels or planes, basically like one's higher than the other. And it's like, I just shot three guys and that guy's still pacing on top of that building over there. <laughs> so I thought that was just kind of funny. So there are definitely inconsistencies, but it is pretty amazing what they were able to accomplish. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like, like, like we discussed in some of the content, you know, that, that we got from the Wikipedia article, the, the whole radius thing. It's like, I wonder if you have to be like on the same plane for that to actually like take effect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, you, you get the sniper rifle pretty early in the dam level and there are two enemies in a tunnel very far away. And if you shoot one, the two enemies are close together. They're like across the street from each other, but they are far away from you. But if you shoot one, the other one will immediately start running in your direction. Oh yeah. Come, come after you. So that really kind of proves like what the system's trying to do. And also to be fair, I was on a different plane. I was on a watchtower in in that scenario. So yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. And uh, just the way that, I mean, the, the game sort of auto aims for you. So sometimes, you know, unless you're aiming manually, it's kind of hard to 
you know, always hit them in the head, for example. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing how they sort of react to like, if you hit shoot them in the shoulder, that, that just seems to like go backwards a little bit. Yeah. You can s- sort of teeter totter, like do shoulder, shoulder, and you know, opposite, opposite. And they just kind of will sort of like spin around and <laughs> all kinds of wacky things. Yeah. And if you do a groin shot, they grab there and <laughs> put double over in pain. Yeah, I yes, you almost forgot about that. So <laughs> yeah, there was there was one guy that I shot like that, and then he was like, seemed like he was writhing around on the ground, like grabbing his crotch for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad. But yeah, I also loved the like. Now, actually, now I can't remember. Am I making this up or is this part of GoldenEye 007 Reloaded only? But like shooting some of the guys near the edge of something that they'd like fall over, like do that, that exaggerated, like you shot, shot a guy in a movie and they're like by the edge of something and then just like topple over and fall off. That, um, that sounds familiar in GoldenEye 007. I just can't remember of an instance of when that happened. I feel like in like the jungle, like if they were close to the cliff, I feel like there was some verticality with there where they would fall. Um, but I, I can't remember I a specific instance. 007 reloaded. Yeah, it, it's possible. Cause yeah, it was, it was super funny playing that where they're like, just like one bullet in the shoulder. They're like, Oh, and then like fall <laughs> like over the, the edge of the railing and fall down like three stories. Anyway. Yeah. It's it's a very James Bond thing, you know, to to happen like from the movies. Yeah. Like that it was all about <laughs> shots like that. So because I mean in, in the movies they're not gonna show James Bond just like, you know, loading them full of bullets. I'm sure that's yeah. happened. But it's but it's more like a one choice shot that like knocks them off the edge or or Yeah, they're not gonna get all gruesome like with it and have blood splattering yeah. all over the place. <laughs> It's not like a, yeah, it's not a Rambo movie. Or yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's James Bond. I mean, still, he does he does kill a bunch of people. And so I mean, man, to kill. In, in the game, like you, you kill so many people as James Bond. Yes. All right. Well, anything else on uh, enemies you want to talk about? Similar to Max Payne. Kill a lot of people. Yeah, really. <laughs> anyway, no, nothing on enemies. All right. Well, weapons then. Um, so here for like the smaller or melee weapons, you've got your, your unarmed, your slapper. (laughs) Um, Oh, apparently you can do a cheat for a hunting knife. Oh my God. Throwing knives. That's right. Mm -hmm. I forgot about throwing knives. Yeah. A lot of these are, you know, kind of pretty much multiplayer only. (laughs) So my God, like seeing throwing knife, since I didn't play any of this multiplayer for the show, um, man, I remember doing some throwing knife only stuff or (laughs) me, the, 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 the self-proclaimed screen cheater, I'd run around with a throwing knife while my friends had weapon, like whatever weapons they wanted, and I just freaking kill them with throwing knives. <laughs> <laughs> that was your that was your rule. You're like, okay, I'm gonna use throwing. That was knives my only. like. That was my. I'm gonna rub it in that I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> 
and kill you with a throwing knife while you have an RCP ninety. <laughs> I mean, those those are one hit kills. I know they, they are land, if they right? land. So. <laughs> but that was oh my god! I just remembered that was one of the things that I would practice when I was uh, playing multiplayer by myself. I'd mm-hmm. practice throwing the throwing knives. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I had a lot of time on my hands as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So beyond the throwing knife, we all also have the PP7 special issue, the silenced PP7, and the and the best handgun in the game, DD44 Dostovi. Yeah. <laughs> At least I think it's the best. I love getting dual Dostovis and just like wrecking fools. Yeah, I that was my favorite gun when I was a kid. I remember I do in my playing. I I would say playthrough, but I didn't finish it. Um, I did not use this weapon, but um, it's got the it, to me. It has the best pistol sound. I think that's why I liked it so much. Yeah, and then if you got the uh, chance to dual wield too, that yeah, was also yeah. really good. So it was the best. <laughs> Um, so, and something about the guns as well that I picked up in trivia is that, um, they weren't using real, uh, gun names, but they were maybe sort of parroting them yeah. or, you know, just, you know, not getting the rights. I, I think th- like, for example, the next weapon on the list is the Clob that's named after a developer somehow. Ken Lob. Like Ken Lob. Yeah. There you go. I was going to say, I thought, I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, it was K and is is his first initial and last name Lob. Yep, so, yeah, named after Ken Lob. But yeah, so that that starts off the list of rifles and submachine guns. Um, starting as you said, the Klob, then the KF seven Soviet, which was a AK forty seven. Yes, uh, <laughs> the ZMG nine millimeter. It's a Uzi. I'm pretty sure. The D five K Deutsch which I'm trying to remember what the D5K was. Was that like a MP5? Because um, then there was the Silence D5K. It's it's a submachine gun. Yeah. I think I think it's like an MP5. Yeah. Um, yeah the Phantom, the, the USAR-33 assault rifle, and the RCP-90. Then we also have in ranged weaponry... Apparently via cheat only, and I guess how is this via cheat only? Because you you get you get a shotgun. What is this talking about? Cheat only? Because yeah, we get a shotgun. Oh, standard shotgun. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for ranged weapon, so automatic shotgun and sniper rifle. Then the power weapons. Well, you've got the golden gun, and then via cheats, which I can't remember how you get. Like how you unlock them, but I remember having these in the game: uh, the Cougar Magnum, the Silver PP7, and the Gold PP7. Now you get those from from like completing different levels on like Secret Agent or Double O Agent, right? Something like that. Um, it, it yeah, it must be because it's not listed as a cheat weapon. Or wait, um, yeah, like the Cougar Magnum, the, the Silver PP7, and the Gold PP7. I know yeah. they do say cheat yeah. only, but I know that like a lot of the stuff that were cheats in the game actually were things that you would unlock. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure the golden gun was unlockable, but not the silver and gold PP7. Okay. Um, like you yeah. had to like use a Game Shark or something for those. I think. Uh, 
there i i can't remember i i think that you have to there you can oh. unlock the cheat menu you just have to like turn the cheat menu on yeah so actually now i've i've answered my own question here so uh, for the gold PP7, it says this can only be obtained using cheats, but it says it's unlocked by completing Cradle on Agent um, in under 2 minutes and 15 seconds. Wow, okay, on Agent. Yeah. Interesting. So some of the stuff, it's like if you beat the time limit and the silver PP7 to earn this weapon on the level train must be beaten on double O Agent in 5 minutes, 25 seconds or less. I see I did playing the levels. I forgot what level it was, but I, I played one really fast. It might've been the first surface. Um, I unlocked, uh, a cheat just by doing that under a certain time. Yeah. So that was kind of a interesting accident. <laughs> um, and let's see also a few more weapons under explosives. We have the grenade launcher, the rocket launcher, a hand grenade, a timed mine, a proximity mine, and remote mines. Um, I absolutely loved the proximity mines in multiplayer. (laughs) I was such a jerk because I would put them in places that you would never think to look. Yeah. (laughs) Like that was also a thing that I did (laughs) in my running around as one person playing multiplayer (laughs) Finding the best places to hide proximity mines for guaranteed kills in places <laughs> no one would ever look for them. Like you're not just gonna throw it on the ground. You're not gonna put it at eye level. No. You're yeah. you're gonna throw it like down the corridor, like on a on the ceiling or something. Like in places <laughs> that your friends are never gonna look. And they're gonna be like, Mash, how the hell did you kill me again? And then I I I have cried so much playing this game from laughter from all of the misery. Like it's just like skimming my mouse over proximity mine, just like flooded back all of this laughter and this hatred directed towards me because of the proximity mine. Oh my God. Okay. I need to play this. Like I, we need to play this in multiplayer. <laughs> Oh God! Do you you need me, you need me to hate you? I guess I don't know. Doing. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't play it because I don't think it'll ever live up to how good it was. But yeah. anyway, we need we need uh, we need some sort of version to actually come onto Xbox so it can be uh, multiplayer playable online. And oh my God. I will I will cry from laughter. Actually, you know what the yeah. proximity mind stuff? This is the first I think this is the first like this is the alpha version or beta version of how I like to go in Pavlov VR with a grenade in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty and much. sneak around behind somebody and then put the grenade in front of their face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> uh, now I want to play Pavlov. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh maybe I'll have a chance if we play this online so that you can't watch my screen. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> uh now the time to mine remote mines were fun, but they were nowhere near as much fun as the proximity mine, in my opinion. What what about you? <sighs> this is tough because I, I didn't 
I, di- I didn't use a, get a lot of these weapons. I do remember um, the rocket launcher being a favorite. I love playing rockets only. I mean, <laughs> like that. Who, who doesn't love a rocket launcher? Yeah. I mean, the grenade launcher was always like an okay concession. Yeah, but it was if, all you, right. if, you, if you had the rocket launcher, it was that, that was good. <laughs> oh. um, that, that was just as fun as like playing Halo with, you know, everyone has rockets basically. You could also so just huck proximity mines at people when they're hiding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're hiding behind something through a proximity mine. <laughs> uh, it's uh <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're full of shenanigans, this game. <laughs> Um, and the last two weapons that under this other category is a taser through the uh cheat menu. And the tank. <laughs> yeah, the tank is actually is considered a weapon. And I think because uh, it is you select it like a weapon when you're driving the tank. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's kind of just a, a like I hopped on the tank and runway and I started going down. I'm like, how do I, how do I shoot again? Yeah. <laughs> and I had to cycle through my, all the weapons I had until I got to the one that showed yeah, the, the tank, tank ammunition. Rounds. Yeah, the tank rounds. So um that's the last that's the last weapon. All right. Well, um, any anything else you want to say on these? So I'm like I I, I don't crying from my memories of the proximity <laughs> mine. <laughs> I don't I don't think so at this moment. Okay. Um let's look at the gadgets at at your disposal here. Uh so we got the watch laser, the watch magnet attract, <laughs> the bug the gas key ring. What is that? Key analyzer case and data thief. Really like two of them. I remember super strong, like the watch laser. Uh, as yeah. soon, as soon as I got to train, like it just, it, it hit me and I'm like, Oh yeah. The last thing is I'm going to need to break out <laughs> of that compartment with Natalia and use my watch laser. So like before it even started counting down, like I had my watch thing out. I was ready to go to start like cutting that away. And then the watch magnet attract also like as soon as I'm in that cell, I'm like, okay, I remember what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you um, stop to have the conversation with Natalia first? The first time I did. The yeah, second one, okay. I was like the second time I was like, okay, whatever. Because the, the first time my timing was a bit off when I chose to yeah. break out and I died. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I learned. <laughs> and the second time I was like, don't care, Natalia. I'm going to get this key. I'm going to get us out. Let's go. I remember as a kid being stuck on that level for a while. I could not figure out what to do. And this is one of the things, and this is probably more level stuff, but the um, the briefing will give you a sort of a hint at what you need to do. Yeah. So, re- And as a kid my mission was to skip the briefing as quickly as possible. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to read. I want to play the game. Video games aren't for reading. So this, um, just to go back to that gas key ring here really quick, it's an unused gadget. So, um, it wasn't, so it's in the game, but it wasn't, you know, part of the game. It wasn't in the final version. Got it. Um, it is a uh, function is unknown, but it'd probably be used to eliminate guards. And this gadget was based on the one used in the bond film, the living daylights. So, and I think the living daylights, that's a, I think it's one of the Timothy Dalton ones. Mm, is it? I see. Let's see. Starring. Yes. Timothy Dalton, one of the two Timothy Dalton 
James Bond movies. Yeah, I'd have to have to watch more of that. I don't I don't recall, you know, of course I've seen tons of Roger Moore and some Sean Connery, but yeah, I don't know. The gadgets are just they're just so cool. There's not like a lot of them. Um and actually there's some things like the camera that aren't listed here, like the fact that you could just take pictures of things. Oh yeah. Um I thought that was a cool mechanic that, you know, like kind of similar to Pokemon Snap. You just had to like take pictures of things from time to time. Yeah, it wasn't always clear what I needed no. to take a picture of, but you got to take a picture. Yeah, I know in uh, Silo, for example, um, that there is a, uh, oh, they want yeah. you to take a picture of the satellite and there yeah. is like an actual rocket right there. You think, could that be the satellite? Yeah. Like, so you're kind of like, I'm, I feel like I'm running around as James Bond with my camera, like looking around, like what, uh, where is it? <laughs> yeah. I felt like and, I was doing that a lot in uh, 007 Reloaded as well. Yeah. So I, but finally you come across a room with seemingly like a model satellite, like not a full size, maybe it is full size satellite. What is this? A satellite for ants? Exactly. Exactly. Like, okay, there it is. I'll take the picture. Yeah. Yeah. And I also didn't realize what I needed to, like, I couldn't remember what I needed to do when you pick up the golden eye key and you're supposed to make a copy of it. Yeah. It's like you go in and I think you use what the key analyzer case or... Yeah, it's like that's right. You, you use that, and then you like, then you just throw the golden eye key. Like it doesn't matter where, you just throw it, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, great, you made a copy of it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like that was one of those random things that I um, like remembered that I had to do. I don't remember having to leave it there, <laughs> but I do remember, like, okay, no, you have to pick up the golden eye first, then you use the. Uh, key thief or whatever data thief I think is what it's called and then uh, then I was like okay well I guess I'll just equip the golden eye and then hit the trigger and <laughs> it goes flying yeah <laughs> like, just, okay we're good just throw it on out there it's fine yeah. someone will find it they'll I know mean, it hasn't been a- stolen they'll just see it laying on the ground <laughs> exactly it, there's there's just some funny things about the game um, I just want to point out that like a lot of things explode in the game. Like <laughs> everything like explodes. Everything. You shoot a freaking chair. It explodes. Yes. And so from what I understand is that that was a time constraint um, issue. Like they couldn't really make animations for everything. It was just like everything blew up. <laughs> it's just, that's it's the, hilarious. It's like they got the one. Yeah. It's a, you know, wooden boxes explode. Yeah. Like, computers explode because I don't know because who knows just because (laughs) all right any any other things about the uh, gadgets before we go to the last topic let's 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 talk about the levels all right well let's see how many are there in total looks like I count 20 20 yeah all right I could have just, wow, I could have made it way easier on myself and just looked at the the solo mode thing and counted those instead of the list. But anyway, so 20 levels there, and there are... Uh, there's 18 standard levels, yeah, right? Yeah, that's and right. Two bonus levels, so... And it looks like there are 11 levels for multiplayer. Yeah, which... Um, oh my god, that's right. <sighs> Stack. <laughs> stack. I play the crap out of stack and complex. 
Yeah. Are the, those are just different parts of, uh, the archives map is that well, and, and stack there? is library and basement together as oh. one level. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. If yeah. I remember correctly, anyway, because yeah. man, it's been it has been a hot minute since I played multiplayer Goldeneye. Yeah, um, but it, for for the single player campaign, um, do you have a favorite level? I do really like Dam. Like, there's something very nostalgic. Yeah. And it was probably as a kid the one level I got really good at <laughs> because yeah. it was the same one I played it over and over again. I, you know, I I want to like Frigate, but it is really frustrating with the hostages. I struggled a little oh, bit yeah. with that before we recorded this. It's probably got to be earlier in the game. So it's probably got to be like Dam Facility Runway. Like, those are, <laughs> then it's all downhill from there for me. <laughs> Yeah. Not necessarily, but they, they get harder as you yeah. go, right? So Yeah, I mean the the first two levels are amazing, I feel like. I, yeah. I feel like the game opens super strong. There's like stuff in runway that I feel like isn't super intuitive, though I still have fun with it. I think though, I mean, I had a lot of fun in the archives level along with like I I did also really like train you know as far as later levels go and actually silo is is also at least in my opinion a really fun level you know the one that you have to get the like find the um, satellite yeah the satellite and take a picture of it and there's something about that guy with the briefcase at the end there's I think there's an objective with him in later. Uh, in like harder difficulties, but in agent, I don't think it matters. He gets away or he dies or I don't know. I don't yeah, even I think know if he it's possible away. to kill him. Yeah. Okay. Was that, was that Ormov? Mm, I can't remember. Yeah, maybe. Sure. <laughs> and I mean the, the jungle, the jungle level was really interesting. It felt like the biggest departure from yes. everything. Um, yeah was was jungle i mean you know minus aztec and egyptian the mini guns that are just kind of hiding in jungle not a huge mm-hmm. fan of but yeah it, it didn't give like at least in this playthrough it didn't give me too much grief but i feel like i did have a lot easier time seeing things playing in the like modern uh graphics so to speak yeah the, the game's kind of interesting is in that uh sometimes it it seems like you want to, you know, you want to work fast, but you also want to be careful. And if you do too much of either, it can kind of backfire on you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, no pun intended there backfire, but, um, uh, yeah, it seems like sometimes, you know, frequent movement, but also being intelligent about when you're, you know, conscious about when you're reloading, um, so yeah, I, I think the game opens really well and those are the levels that are most nostalgic to me, but somewhere around Surface 2 and Bunker 2, uh, which I should note, those are the t- only two levels that really repeat in the game. Yeah. Um, though they have some things that are kind of, I mean, I think Surface is pretty much identical, but the AI for the enemies is quite a bit different. 
Yeah, I think in the second one, like as soon as you load in, they're all running at you. <laughs> yeah, there's they, they're definitely very aggressive uh, in general in Surface 2 because it's kind of like Surface 1, you were there and it was like a breach of security and there was like a meetings about it and <laughs> all the, like well, this cannot happen again. Like <laughs> this is very important. So <laughs> all the all the guys there, you know, they started locking doors. And yeah. So <laughs> like uh, that's, that's What's like crap we don't have to go we don't have to sit through incident management training again yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so um bunker 2 also is just like there's a lot of enemies in that i actually didn't have too much trouble with it um, when i was playing so i only made it about halfway through during this playthrough but i've definitely seen all the levels before so yeah um I, I guess in these levels, do you have a least favorite level? Uh, uh, so I think that's, that's a low hanging fruit. I got to go to statue on that one. Um, it's good music. Yeah. It's a difficult level to navigate cause it's like blinding. I don't know. Like it's so dark. It's so dark. That's what I'm trying to say. I was like blindingly dark, but yeah, well, I mean, it's, sense, it's but. so dark and at the same time, like, there aren't unique enough landmarks to make yeah. it so that you remember where you came from and where you are going and where you should be going. Like I, I found myself still running in circles on this, this particular map. And it's, it's really the only one that I kept running around in circles in. So yeah, that's, that like that is that for me is my obvious answer for like this one was the worst the worst level just mm-hmm. because i don't know it's so it's so hard to navigate yeah i i do remember i was really disappointed i didn't make it to streets cuz i wanted to play that level um streets has kind of like two parts it's kind of a long level because there's you know you're sort of navigating through depots and then i believe uh or am i thinking of depot yeah, so for the the one the street or streets, you're just in the tank. If it's I it's the only in a tank. Okay, gotcha. and you're just like making your way through. I remember liking Depot. I guess that's what I was trying. Yeah, to Yeah, no, Depot at. was good. So, but I remember streets being hard. I remember when we were younger playing that level. It was just like that was some sort of we had some sort of wall there around streets and train. Yeah, well, I mean <laughs> so. streets. You got a lot of a lot of enemies that are like firing rockets and grenades at you, mm-hmm. and I think I practically died. Um, oh, okay. Like, I I had just the smallest amount of health left when I completed that level, mm-hmm. and I really didn't think that I was going to make it. But I was like, sweet, got through it first try. <laughs> Almost didn't. Glad I don't have to go back and like keep banging my head against the wall to get through this one. But yeah, it just seems like there's a lot of explosions that you have to avoid. And like running over cars, there are explosions that can hurt you as well. So it's and you have a finite amount of like tank rounds as well. So you want to use those to to blow up the guys that are shooting at you, blow up the cars, but then also make sure that you have enough to get through to do that to everywhere like to everyone you need to do that to to get through the level alive. Yeah. I I've you know, we didn't talk about the difficulty settings really oh, yeah. so what's, what's kind of interesting and sort of unforgiving about this game is that there are different 
different difficulty levels, but you have to sort of like lap the level over and over. So you have to play it first on the easiest difficulty. Yeah. And then you play on the next difficulty to that unlocks the next difficulty. Yeah. Um, so I believe it goes to agent, secret agent, double O agent. Yes. And then I believe there is an unlockable double O seven, uh, agent difficulty, but I don't remember any of the particulars about that. Oh, um, it's something I like that. I think, yeah, right. I think, I think you have to get to Egyptian and you have to dip, like finish that a double O agent to unlock that difficulty or something like that. I forget I forget the particulars about it, but they give you more objectives. And I think, I don't know if you're, it seems like the enemies are more lethal. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. To me, but. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly. Cause I didn't spend any time playing on double O agent. Somehow I have a lot of the objectives memorized. So when I'm playing through on agent, I'm doing optional things like destroying security cameras and <laughs> going to certain places and unlocking safes oh, yeah. and things like that, that are totally optional for if you're playing on agent, but <laughs> man, I, I think I forgot about that because I, I think I was compelled to do certain things yes. that weren't objectives, but I'm like, for some reason I remember doing this a lot. Yeah. I saw a security camera and stopped. I'm like, shoot that thing like yeah <laughs> it can't be like i've read nothing that told me to do this but i need to shoot this yeah <laughs> or don't let him sound that alarm that's very bad oh, yeah it'll start over like <laughs> so yeah well and i guess kind of on on those topics of having to go back through like you so if you if you go through and you beat it on all those things like you're you're naturally gonna unlock a lot of the the cheat options like uh-huh. dk mode um, and yes. infinite ammo and all weapons and paintball mode. Like I oh. totally forgot about paintball mode. Yeah. That, that that's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, man, there, there's so much replayability to this game. Like they, they really, in my, they, they, in my opinion, they knocked this game out of the park, like for when it came out. Yeah. And I, I'm really, I really hope that those leaked achievements do lead to another release. I'm not, putting too much hope in it because we've already got a great leaked version right like yeah i really want to play that i would love to pay for it though i would love to yeah, have I a real too. version to pay for and have on my xbox and you know easily play multiplayer with the people that don't come to my house like <laughs> <laughs> yeah or online hey yeah might, if they yeah. man if they add it online ooh. yep they they still they still better have the ability to screen sheet though <laughs> just like have keep everyone it, it, split know, screen mul- online multiplayer <laughs> yeah well i mean you know there's a game called screen cheat that yes. you're supposed to do that yes and you can it's see everyone's game. screen i haven't played it yet but looks pretty dang fun <laughs> i can utilize my skills yeah yeah I, and i can maybe I have a learn specific a new set of skill. skills <laughs> so <laughs> All right. Well, any any other words that you've got on uh, GoldenEye 007 for the Nintendo 64? I don't think so. It's I just you know in closing, it's just it's a great game, and I I just want to you know say it. I did have fun playing this, and it was it was it was a blast. Uh, yeah. With, I mean, you know, playing playing the uh, XBLA leaked version, it's so nice just because you have two control sticks to play the game with. Yes. Um, but I did go back and play this on my N64 a bit. 
surprisingly, it still didn't feel bad. Like yeah, playing it just with a single control stick, like that really helps a lot. It's I don't know. It's still it, th- those controls hold up so much better than I thought they would. And I also definitely agree with the uh, the praise of the controls over Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Yeah, they definitely they, hold up better than Turok's controls on the N64. And that's just, you know, it's nothing against like Turok. It's just like no. everybody was guessing at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, um, and, you know, and, and doing, doing a 3D game with one control stick that's first person, that's like, that. if you can get anything to feel good, like that is, that is quite an accomplishment. Yeah. I, I would, you know, if I were making that, it would feel like Goldeneye though, right? Yeah. It would be floaty and you sort of turn by going left and right and forward and back, yeah. you know, with a control stick. So, yep. And strafe with those C buttons. I mean, it, and it's just so great how the camera, like if you're going upstairs or something, the camera just pans you up automatically. It's just, yeah, they, they did perfect. a lot to make it comfortable to play that game yeah. with, with I mean, that control setup. So one thing I didn't say is that I, in my research and videos I watched is um, if you look up early uh, gameplay footage of 007 GoldenEye, they show the game running as an on-rail shooter. Oh, yeah. So that actually, that was... <laughs> so to not put the entirety of the Wikipedia article into what we were reading through, yeah. that is something that's on the website, uh, you know, on, yeah. on the Wikipedia article where they're talking about they they did make it as an on rails shooter, but then they like kind of went back and forth of like maybe let's have like free moving section and an on rails section, and obviously they didn't go with the on rails part of it. But I had no idea that that was part of the development process and like that that's what they were considering doing. Yeah, and well, when you when you see it, you know, as an on rail shooter, and then you understand like it looked perfectly natural. I'm like, that's just Goldeneye, but someone's just pushing forward on the control stick. Yeah. Like that's how smoothly things happen. So just you know, moving up the stairs. Um, that's that's kind of it feels like you're playing an on rail shooter, but you can move the character. <laughs> yeah. One of the other things that I was reading that I thought was interesting was the SGI Onyx graphics supercomputers that they were using to create the game, the N64 had a more powerful graphics processing chip than the computers that they were using to develop the game. Yeah. Which that's just crazy to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That was earlier consoles. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. It says right here, the final N64 hardware could render polygons faster than the SGA Onyx workstation. The development team had been using the, this helped developers significantly as some backgrounds rendered at two frames per second. On the Onyx, wow. without even drawing enemies, objects, or Bond's gun. <laughs> so, oh, it did say the textures had to be cut down by half. Oh, that's right. Reading about this, a lot of Goldeneye is in black and white because RGB color textures cost a lot more in terms of processing power. You could double the resolution if you use grayscale. So a lot, or so a lot was done like that. So that's funny. Huh. So yeah. Goldeneye. It's freaking fun, man. Yeah. It's still worth still worth checking out. If uh, you know, if you've got a decent PC and uh know how to Google things, 
I'd recommend doing yourself a favor and checking out the uh, the leaked version. That is unless it finally comes out and we can pay for it. I really hope that comes out. Yeah. Like I was jazzed. I was like, I, I was like, I, I was like, I got a, I got an Xbox uh, store gift card for Christmas. <laughs> I'm definitely going to use it to buy Golden Eyes. I'm holding on to it. It's going to be mm. like I'm either never going to redeem it, <laughs> <laughs> or I'll uh, I'll redeem it and uh, buy Golden Eye once it hits the store finally. We got anything else, or uh, should we get the heck out of here and uh, go back to the future? Let's do it. All right. Let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived back to present day, which again is the past for you, listener. It is January the 13th, 2022. Our first show recorded in this actual year. Um, And we are here to talk about the things that we have been playing. So um, I'm going to, I'm just going to real quick. (laughs) <laughs> run off a couple of things. I've been playing some Sea of Thieves. Played a couple of sessions of Sea of Thieves actually in the past couple of weeks um, with a friend of mine that I haven't played games with in a while. Had so much fun. We we played last night actually, and after we after we turned in a bunch of chests and everything, we we're like, well, what should we do? Like, let's let's search around and see if we can uh, if we can go be pirates and rob somebody. We tried. We there were two of us in a sloop. We went up against a solo slooper. He destroyed us. Like, uh-huh. or actually, I'm gonna say she, because it was a female character model. I <laughs> so she wrecked us like <laughs> multiple times. Like I was able to kill her a couple of times, but I never was able to sink her boat despite my best effort. <clears throat> excuse me, despite my best efforts. Whereas she sunk our boat three times. All by herself. Wow. So we didn't have anything to lose, which is why we kept going after her. We're like, well, we don't have we don't have any stuff for you to steal from us. And we don't have anything on board that is gonna, you know, be lost. So whatever. Um, but we finally gave up. <laughs> we finally gave up and then went and uh, you know, did did a little more diving. There is so much more content in this game than when you and I last played. Oh, really? Like we didn't even put down a voyage. We just went and we made thousands and thousands of gold, like tens of thousands of gold, just going off and doing our own thing. So still, I think it'd be like if, if you have any interest at all, <laughs> um, should join up and and uh, do do some Sea of Thieves. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. I want to like also show someone that game. So <laughs> yeah, well... If you if you need any if you want anyone else to be there, let me know. Okay. Um, also, been playing some Animal Crossing New Horizons. You know, standard stuff. Still decorating things. Still trying to complete my art gallery thing inside of the museum. Um, I did also. Last thing I'll talk about right here is I completed Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo. I I completed that on stream and I know that I've talked about it two other episodes and it was my number one game that I played in 2021 that I had never played before. It is so good still (laughs) like (laughs) go, go play it. If you, if you haven't played it, play this game. It's so much fun. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful game. Anyway, I'll turn it over to you. 
All right. Um, so I'm still playing SnowRunner <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> and um, th- this has been kind of interesting because, uh, you know, c- coming from from playing uh, Forerunner, uh, excuse me, uh, Mudrunner, there are some maps where basically on a mud runner map, your, your key buildings, like your garages, which allow you to recover your vehicles and, uh, repair your vehicles and fuel them up a little bit. You have to unlock them or at least you get maybe one, but there's a second one on the map that can make your life easier, but you have to bring a delivery to, to unlock that. Well, I've unlocked some maps in SnowRunner where there are no places to get gas and there are no places to uh, repair. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to basically figure that out. But what I'm finding that the, the, the game, um, well, I'm just going to give an example. The game has an area on, so you get to this other map So you have to drive across one other map to get to the entrance of a second map. And on the second map, this is what I'm talking about. There's no fuel stations. There's no garages. So you have to bring a delivery of lumber. But lumber might be one map, maybe two maps away. Oh, wow. (laughs) But which is a long way to bring lumber across two different maps. Let's just say if you drove across in a straight line, you know, uh, I don't know without really any obstacles. It might take you like, uh, probably eight to 10 minutes to get across one of these maps or something I like mean, that. At least that. And that's like under ideal driving conditions. Yeah. Maybe you could probably get it under five. If you had a straight highway, you know, like going full oh, speed sure. in your truck. I'm thinking like ideal mud conditions. Yeah. Ideal snow mud conditions. conditions. Exactly. Cause you, once you hit the mud, you're not going any faster than like two miles per hour. So, But what I found out about these maps is if you carefully explore them, you will find like trailers and the resources you need to make the deliveries on that map. Like, so I, so let's say I needed to bring lumber to that area somewhere on that map. There is a trailer with lumber on it. You just have to go get it. Got it. So, um, so in that way, like I almost was like, okay, this is the first world of, of five worlds. Like, this is getting too hard. Um, but I'm, the game is teaching me. (laughs) So, and I'm getting better in a way and in a way that I didn't know was really possible. So I think that's really cool. (laughs) The other thing I've also, um, so as, as part of like a team building thing, um, since at my new job, uh, we're a bunch of gamers. (laughs) We, uh, just, and some of my coworkers have actually played through this before, but they want to uh, play through it again with the people who haven't is Neverwinter. And Neverwinter is like, a, it's a Dungeons and Dragons MMO RPG. And it's really similar to WoW. But what I think is really cool about it is that it also runs on consoles. And oh, it, is, nice. it is free to play, no subscription fees. Um, so I think that that's really cool and very accessible. So you can like totally try it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been kind of thinking of like dabbling with an MMO, but I don't want to like pay for it right now. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's actually, it's actually fun. And there's like a lot of mechanics to it. Like when you're fighting an enemy, 
there is this, you get extra flanking damage if you are like, let's say um, if you're behind the enemy. So if one of your buddies is attacking from the front, you get extra damage boost if you attack from the other side behind them on their back. There's a lot of loot. So it reminds me, it kind of plays pretty smoothly like Diablo. Uh, they give you a mount like very early in the game, which is nice because I remember with WoW, it's like, one day I'll get a mount, you know, it's, it, I don't think it's that far. It may be 10 or 15 levels in, you can get a mount, but it, the early game, you're like, sorry, you're walking. <laughs> so yeah, well it used to be 40, like level, yeah. level 40 was what you had to get to. And then you had to have like some obscene amount of gold, like in the early days of wow. Anyway. Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you know, especially those like cool flying mounts or whatever. So, uh, yeah, um, there are definitely ways to spend real money in the game, but it's definitely totally optional and I'm, I'm actually having fun with it. And, uh, I think it's, it's just been a cool kind of fun thing to do. Very outside of my wheelhouse when it comes to gaming, okay. but, um, uh, but it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. Do you have to like make sure that you join the same like realm or server as friends, or is it kind of like open and you can party up no matter like what realm you join? Yeah, there's there's different instances, but you um, can can uh, switch at basically any time. Okay. When you get on a server, there's a cooldown for like two minutes that you have to stay there or something oh, like okay. that. But but you can just like go up to your friends, right click, say join their instance, and boom. Nice. That's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is really neat. Um, so, fun times. Yeah, I'll have to give that uh, a shot. Do you want me to? Yeah, do, do you want to take a yeah, couple that's more? Fine. Yeah, um, and then I'll I'll clean up. <laughs> so to stick on the uh, GoldenEye side of things, um, I've also been playing GoldenEye 007 Reloaded on the Xbox 360, and I would have I would have liked to have finished it by now, but my 360 was having some issues yesterday, and I didn't get to sort them out today. So maybe sometime this weekend or sometime next week. So it does not follow the movie. It does not follow the N64 <laughs> game, and it has Daniel Craig as Bond instead of uh, Pierce Brosnan. Not to mention that every single other character model totally doesn't look like any of the people in the movie. And <laughs> almost nothing in the story is the same. There is a GoldenEye weapon, but they take a lot of liberties with this game. Um, all that being said, it's still fun. It kind of feels yeah. like kind of feels like uh, a budget Call of Duty title with like a golden eye like coat of paint slapped on it. But it's still fun. I, I've been I've been enjoying it. Um like I said, been been playing through that on stream and almost got to finish it, but I gotta figure out what's going on with my 360. Um also to stick with some more golden eye, um I I pulled up Dam and Facility as um maps made in Half-Life Alex. And it's all made with Half-Life Alex assets, so it's not like it has any, you know, GoldenEye specific stuff. Um, that also was a lot of fun playing levels inspired by GoldenEye in Half-Life Alex. Um, and it was also nice playing something in VR for the first time in a while. Um, and then also on stream, I played some Super Mario Kart the other day when I was like, "Crap, I can't play, I can't play GoldenEye 007 Reloaded. My 360 is not working right." 
Um, so played some of that on stream, same with Turtles in Time. And also, as I was playing um, in front of the show, Striddle Cakes, when I was like, hey, anybody have any requests for what I play right now for the last game? He said Jurassic Park for the Super Nintendo. Uh, so nice. I pulled that up. And what the hell is that game? Like, <laughs> I, it tells you nothing. It gives. It really gives you nothing to go off of. You start like, kind of like almost top down view, and you're controlling. Uh, I think Grant, Doctor Grant, right? And uh. <laughs> the, you, there's like dinosaurs that are attacking you, and then uh, I went into the raptor pen area, and then all of a sudden I'm in like first person mode. And it looks like I'm playing like Return to, or, you know, Castle Wolfenstein, like Wolfen, Wolfenstein 3D, like the original one. And it's yeah. like five or 10 frames a second. <laughs> I bed shot dinosaurs with rocket launchers. I had to find night vision goggles, needed to find like key cards. Like it was the weirdest freaking game. I don't know if I will want to go back and play it anymore. But it was really interesting. <laughs> and then later the same day, uh, when I went to go pick up dinner, and like I had to, you know, I walked, you know, walked a few blocks, knew it was going to take a while, so I took my Game Boy Advance with me and played some Mario Kart Super Circuit while I had a beer and sat and waited for uh, my takeout, and that was that was really nice. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds nice. Um, and then. I'll I'll clean it up and then I'll let you clean up the rest okay, of yours. So, so. Uh, also been playing a bit of Persona Five, keeping that going. Played a few more hours in the past two weeks. Still loving it. Um, just got through Kamashita's dungeon. So if you've played it, you know where I'm at. And uh, started playing Max Payne Two, the Fall of Max Payne today on stream. And that game is good. I got to the point uh, where. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> you get to play as Mona Sachs. Oh, okay. Um, I think there's like a couple levels that you get to play as her. So I'm on the first one where you get to play as her. And it's fun. Like I'm I'm really loving the game. And uh it's been super fun playing it on stream and chatting with everybody, chatting with you. It's been yeah. great having you come on. I was really um, jealous watching you play because I don't <laughs> have that game right now and I've always wanted to play that game. So one of these days uh, we'll yeah. get there. But did you notice anything um, uh, like that is since you played the first game recently, anything that was significantly improved? Um, I feel like a lot of the textures, like like okay. spe- like especially for the character models, yeah. Um, I feel like those are improved. I do yeah. miss Max's like scrunchy, like constipated face. Yeah, I do kind of yeah. miss that. Um, it, it looks like the face was changed entirely. Yeah, but it, it looks like it's me. it's modeled after a different person. Yeah. Okay. Um, Max's voice in the beginning didn't quite sound the same, but. I think maybe it was just a few things that he was saying and I was like nitpicking it. Uh, but he, okay. he definitely sounds like himself. There's more Lord and Lady TV show. Yes. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's it's good. It's been fun. Um, I'm kind of stuck on a spot right now. That's It feels like an escort mission. And yeah. I just think those are bad ideas. 
I died a few times and got stuck on it today, and that's kind of where I left off. So I'll be back on that on stream, um, likely Monday morning, and continuing through that, and then likely also playing whatever else we're going to be playing next, which it is not time for that in the show because I know you still have more to talk about, but I'm just saying, I'll be yeah, streaming very that more. Soon. Yeah, and it was fun. Uh, I think this this is the first time uh, I, I will say front of the show, Cory Don showed up um, in my stream and said hi. And uh, also shout out to Ziggy if you if you listen to this. I don't know if you listen to the show, but um, <laughs> Ziggy's been in a lot of my my streams lately. And uh, yeah, anyway, that's that's what I've been playing. So one thing I, I did get back to playing some Clap Hands Golf on my phone because uh, I remember I'm still subscribed to Apple Arcade. So and I got a new phone, so I was like, you know. I can play this and my battery isn't going to just like, you know, isn't just going to disappear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I can play this for a little while. So um, I decided to, and it's, yeah, it's still fun. It's still uh, precise. I think I got a couple birdies, but you know, not a lot. And I think that's a good place to be in the game. So I think I kind of stopped playing before because I kind of hit a wall where like we play four holes in a tournament and you know, the, the AI would be like four under and I would be at par. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> it's like, I would have had to get all birdies. And so I, I feel like it got a little hard and for some reason, uh, coming back to it, I, I, I've done better with it. So looking forward to playing more of that and more of Apple arcade. There's so much there that I'm not playing right now, which would be nice to take advantage of. And since I'm not playing a lot of games, something uh, we've also been doing at work on lunchtime is playing some uh, tabletop games. So I'm going to roughly like just sort of partly because I want to document this stuff here. Yeah. And, um, you know, because so I can remember what I've played. And, yeah, definitely. Um, hey, these aren't video games. Well, uh, too bad. Our podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do what we want here. So, um, we played a couple space games. Uh, one was called Tiny Epic Galaxies, which uh, sort of involves, I, I don't remember all the details because it was my first time playing and this was over a week ago, um, but uh, you sort of roll dice uh, for resources that allow you to um, sort of take over these planet cards that are sort of communal and you and your uh, uh, other people playing can also like orbit the planet or try to colonize it. And if you colonize it, you get to keep that card with certain bonuses, which is cool. Um, you can also, uh, you get a secret mission. So, uh, it could be like sabotage your opponents cause you can also do things to stop others from colonizing. So it's kind of a little race there. Uh, the faceless, which I think you would actually be really kind of interested in. Yeah. This is a cool board game. It, is that it's sort of minds. <laughs> it does not. Um, so this one plays like Stranger Things, oh, and cool. it's kind of it's kind of like the upside down the area, and you're being chased oh. by a uh, monster. And this is what's really cool about it is it kind of looks like it kind of looks like a go board or maybe like uh, Chinese checkers, and yeah. that every space is sort of like a. Um, I, we'll say a hexagon, like you, you can move in different, all different directions and there are little obstacles on the board. And then there are these pieces that are outside of this circle. There are three pieces and the boss that all have magnets in them. And it's a cooperative game. 
and the uh, the party is represented by a compass. So you can only move in the direction. Um, so if you roll the dice, you or um, I forget exactly how movement is decided, but I think you um, you can move three spaces. But every time you move, you can only move what what is pointed north on the compass. So as you move, the compass starts to change. Okay. So it gets into things like you could fall into obstacles or um, if the boss is actually chasing you, you are repelled directly against the boss. So you will run away, but the boss is also chase has its own movement and will chase you. So, gotcha. um, and there's this whole mechanic about panicking and that you might um, accidentally run into a trap if you uh, have too many panic cards on the board. So anyway, it's just, I thought that was cool. And you play as cute little adorable chills, children or Casper the dog. And <laughs> I played as Casper the dog. <laughs> he has this ability to like fetch things on the board. It's cool. Uh, okay. So I promise this will be fast. So I'm going to keep going. Um, space base was the last one that we played and uh, space base is more like who can get to um, the maximum, like 40 points and you uh, collect sort of spaceships that give you bonuses where you can either get, uh, money um, based on it's basically craps <laughs> is what we found out because you're you can also play off of other players roles also okay so um so like for example anytime somebody else rolls a 12 i get two dollars <laughs> so or every time that i roll a 12 i get ten dollars so there's uh kind of a neat mechanic like that so it's it's it was funny because it was like it was like craps and that the whole table was shouting come on seven (laughs) (laughs) everyone's yelling like sixes like oh that's so funny it's it's hilarious so it's basically craps but in a wholesome space game so nice (laughs) and that's that's everything we i've been playing both tabletop and video game awesome well, speaking of video games, do you want to tell the folks at home the next game that we're going to be playing? So this is a game that I adored. Um, I rented it once on Xbox 360, uh, but I never got very far, and I've always wanted to finish it, and it's not very long, and that is Cameo, Elements of Power. Yeah, that's a Xbox 360 launch title that I, you told me something about it that I didn't know. It was before it was actually an Xbox game. And then before that, I believe it was a GameCube game. And I think it was announced for N64. I I think it's so it's basically was delayed for a long time, acquired and then delayed for a little while longer. So, yeah, it's got got quite the history starting off uh, potentially as an N64 release to then wind up on the Xbox 360. That's that's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, it's not unheard of for an Xbox game to turn into an Xbox 360 sure. game because there was a cutoff that Microsoft says, no, the Xbox 360 is coming. You can't yeah. develop for the Xbox anymore. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I so I'll consider it playing for the first time because I've played probably the first like level or so. Um, okay. But we'll see how it holds up. Yeah, this this legitimately will be my first time playing it. I remember when the 360 released seeing it as a launch title. Um, but that's it that I, I saw it at the demo kiosk at Best Buy. Uh-huh. That's it. Wow. So, and I, and I have rare replay, so, um, that is definitely the way that I will be experiencing it this time around. We're playing two rare games in a row. What? 
Doesn't seem that rare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, anything else before we get the heck out of here? Well, let's get out of here. All right. Well, just want to remind everybody that uh, Andy does stream uh, over on Twitch. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Andy the Android. I know that you've had a little bit more going on in life, so it hasn't been as regular, but still. We'll get back to it. Keep keep your dials tuned on that station. And uh, same for me. I've been been, uh, streaming quite a bit more lately. And uh, also, you know, shout out to anyone else listening that I didn't directly call you out like Gerald RX40. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Um, And and everyone else that's been popping into my stream. It's been super fun. Uh, But yeah, you can catch me at twitch.tv slash mashthenewton. Um, but as for the podcast, thanks so much for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there. We appreciate you taking the time to put our words into your ears. It really does mean a lot. You can also check out our website at www.retrogametimemachine.com where things have been updated. And, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't make an announcement for this. There's a new logo. Like, <gasps> I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like one of the old logos, but it's new. It's improved. Um, at least I think it is. <laughs> so are you saying it's new, but it's retro? Yes. It's, <laughs> wow. uh, it's, it's retro modern, which is also one of the, uh, names of the sections of the website that I'm kind of building up and doing stuff with. So anyway, if you haven't checked out the website, uh, please do so. Let me know what you think. Um, but also you can subscribe, you can subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so already on Apple podcasts, Spotify, good pods, and heck many other podcasting applications uh, you can also join us on discord there's links on the website you can follow us on instagram and twitter you can also support the show with a two dollar and five dollar tiers on patreon we've got a couple folks supporting us there so thank you so much um, and also come join us next time when we talk about cameo elements of power for the xbox 360 may your video games be fun and bye for now see you.